Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Evening, everybody. Welcome along to your Friday night uh, Rangers Rabble podcast. Uh, first of all, as I always seem to do when I host these things, apologies, we won't be having a phone in tonight. We've got a, a few issues. Um, I always seem to say that when I'm hosting, but there you go. Uh, so a few issues tonight, so it won't be a phone in. But if you do have anything you'd like to say, fire fire your thing, your comments into the, the comment section, funnily enough, that's a good place to put them. And uh, we'll do the best we can. Although, as everybody knows, I'm not particularly good at reading and talking at the same time because I'm an old bloke. So a lot of the heavy lifting will be done by my uh, my two my two guests tonight. They were going to be panelists, but they're not anymore. Connor, good evening. How are you? You survived the club deck on Wednesday, I see. Yes, listen, absolutely loved being back. Um, obviously, we'll touch on the ends and outs of the game itself, but no, it was great to get back to Ibrox. Um, having had a bit of time away there, so aye, all good. I think it was you hiding under that jacket anyway, you would think it was Lewis, you think it was midwinter the way he was dressed, he was like the look of the north, there's one for the teenagers. Also with us tonight, Lewis, how are you? I am no bad mate, um, I was at Ibrox myself as well and actually a, a decent performance to talk about, so some positivity should be on the night, shame we've not got the, the phone in, but I'm sure we can feed after comments like you said, so... Yeah, indeed. So, so, as you say, as you say, some positivity. That takes us straight back to Wednesday night. Ibrox quarterfinal of the League Cup. And I don't care what anybody else calls it. I'm calling it the League Cup. Uh, a trophy that in my younger days walked back to Ibrox on its own because we occasionally lent it to other teams. But it was it was always ever when I was growing up. Lewis, you might find out what that's like in a few years when we start winning the thing again, hopefully. So, uh, Connor, I know you were sitting up beside me and we looked at each other at that first goal and went, that's a free kick all day, surely. Yeah, it was clearly a stonewall, Phil. Um, and as you say, said at the time, even from where we are, you could see it was a foul. Um, seeing it back on, on the, the screens when I, I seen the highlights clip that gets put up on YouTube, um, it, it looks even worse. Uh, I mean, look, we know 
that uh, VAR is inconsistent at best. Um, I mean, you know, me, Lewis, and, and, and Kerr actually had quite a lengthy discussion about VAR um, on Sunday because it is, you know, it's one of those ones, obviously, if that goes against you, you're absolutely raging. So you've got to be honest enough to hold your hands up and say, yep, they got it wrong. Um, but I think it also just shows that they get it wrong for everybody because we had a stinker yeah, decision go against us in the old Firm game. Um, I think a couple of minutes before that, I, I thought there was a, a clear foul um, for us anyway that Willie Coggum didn't give. And I wondered if that partially fed into his thinking and, and he let that one go, assuming that maybe VR would would help him. Because um, I didn't even know at that point, you know, sitting at the stadium with VR was in operation because I was expecting the big VR side to come up on the screens and say, check and go for a possible foul. And the fact that it didn't tells me it wasn't even a lengthy check, which is strange because y- you can just look at that once and see he's gave him a wee shove. Um, so, yeah, we <laughs> we got away with one. Uh, but these things do tend to even themselves out over the season. So, you know, there's no conspiracies or anything like that. It's just a bad mistake made by incompetent officials that you could the whole podcast of its own on. Yeah, I think uh, Lewis, Lewis Bobby Finley picks up on a point here. A hand on the shoulder wasn't a push and the player went down very, very easily. Now, I, I don't think, I think it was a bit more than a hand on a shoulder. I think it was, there was a little push there, but I mean, the boy went down like somebody had shot him from the enclosure. So I can only think that uh, that Mr. Collins thought, he's, that's a bit dramatic, I'm letting that go. I think that has been kind to, to Mr. Willie Collum. I, I think he had a shocking game. Um, he's definitely in the, the lower echelons of refereeing in this country, and that's saying a lot because the quality is low itself to begin with. So, no, I'm not a fan of him as a referee at all, but um, definitely a foul. I think you, you look at Seema's reaction tells you it all. I mean, he, he didn't believe it was a goal until, like, we kicked off again, even after he didn't fully celebrate, you know. So, I think um, so for the player's reaction himself, you can tell that it was a foul. But I don't care because Seema is a guy that I've been slating for for the last couple of pods, and I'm glad that I've been told to eat my words after that performance because I thought he was outstanding. He's probably joining one of the match with Mister Yilmaz that I'm sure we'll speak about, but brilliant performance for Seema. I think if he puts that in, you can understand why Brighton have picked him up and scouted that that level of talent because he's no showed it all season. Um, so it was nice to see him have a good performance. Yeah, Lewis, I'll get back to I'll get back to Seema in a minute, but I want to touch, touch on Willie Collum. For me, the main thing with Willie Collum is he always tries to make the game about him. I mean, Lewis is right, he's a terrible, terrible referee, but they're all terrible referees. But for me, Mr Collum always... He seems to always go against what people expect him to do because he wants it to be all about him. Mm-hmm. Aye, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. He's, he's an absolute drama queen. You know, he's a, an attention seeker. You can see him. He just overreacts about every single decision he makes. You know, it could be the, the slightest foul that has nothing on the game and he's sprinting like he's in the 100-metre race in the Olympics. It's, it's crazy how much he tries to draw attention to himself. But it's just a... He's one in a long list of poor refereeing officials in Scotland and it's a tiring conversation, to be honest. Um, but I don't think it will ever go away. And VAR just adds in even more spice into that conversation like me and Connor had um, at the weekend there. So 
aye, poor performance in the referee department. The, the thing on, is, is on, well, when it comes to officials, like the best officials tend to be anonymous during the game. You know, they tend to let things flow. They'll get involved when they have to. If there's been a bad tackle, there's been a foul. Fine, you get it right. But otherwise, it's no a drama. It's no about you. Nobody's went to Ibrox to see Willie Collum um, or any official who goes there. Um, the problem is that I think some of these referees that have always been that way, even before VR, it's amplified for them now because they get their, their five minutes in the sun to shine when there's VR calls or whatever that they then need to go and make and, you know, they can make more of a drama. I, you know, I don't like it. I just, I just like my official to concentrate and doing their jobs and, as I say, let the game flow to the best of your ability and virtually be anonymous. Yeah, that's the way they should be. And talking about absolutely incompetent referees, I believe it's Stephen McLean tomorrow, but we'll touch on tomorrow a little bit later on. Uh, Connor, I'll stick with you because uh, Lewis has had this say about, about Seymour. Showing a point now that uh, Seymour scored nearly twice the amount of goals that Kent did in Tyler last season. They all went on about Ryan Kent last, last season and the season before, to be fair, was he didn't score enough goals. Um, he, for me, it's difficult to compare the two because Kent was was a winger, that's all he was, that's what he did, that's where we put him. We haven't been playing Seymour out wide, but as you know, as, as Lewis touched on, if he keeps playing the way he played on Wednesday, I think we'll... We'll, we'll miss him when he goes back to Brighton and then he'll either break through with them or they'll sell him for a fortune. Aye, I mean, listen, it's, it's sadly, it's always the way we, with players like that. Um, you know, they show just the start of that promise that they've got. Um, and before we can really get the absolute best of it, they, they're, they're away back down south again um, to, to Brighton. And, you know, if he does well enough, he might force his way into Brighton's team next year, um, either on the bench or as a starter. And clearly, that's what he'd be hoping for. Um, I do think he's still got a bit of improvement to go. I, I understand he's definitely scored more than Ryan Kent, but I don't think anybody could say, you know, with a straight face, that they would feel more comfortable when Seam was in the ball than he did when Kent was in the ball. Because although Kent had mistakes in him, and definitely, I think, like to shoot for everywhere in the pitch far too often. He was a good dribbler of the ball. He had good control at his feet. He could take players on um, and keep it tight. Whereas Seema, I think at times is a bit clumsy. You know, I used the Scrobby Laces analogy, you know, the other day. I, I, I just think he's, that's the bit that he needs to tighten up because that was a lovely finish. Um, although, without meaning to take it away from him, I wonder if he'd have been as comfortable Popping that into the tap bag if he didn't think he'd maybe committed a foul and it wouldn't stand anyway. Um, you know, it's it's one of the funny ones. So but I like him. I hope we continue to see improvements. Um because you know, we're gonna need players in our front line to to step up because of the injuries that we've got already, um, new ones that we'll talk about later as well. So if he can help us towards that goal and, and keep getting, you know, goals in the bag, then great. Yeah, Lewis talking about uh, players that, that, that get the ball and dribble and beat a man and then hit a toe poke from the edge of the box. What about our left back on Wednesday night? Oh, uh, well, listen, I, I could not. I don't know if there was anybody happier in Ibrox than I was. You know, he's he's somebody that I've been fighting his corner ever since I've I seen him. I think he played as Queen of the South and the cup was his, his debut. And he just looked, he's, he's got so much quality in the ball. He's so different for Borna. I know Borna has has what he's, 
his skill set is getting past somebody and putting a, a delicious ball in and he's he has like a ninety five percent accuracy with that. But Redvan just offers you so much more. It's even he starts driving inside and he's twisting and turning players. You've seen that's him at his peak. That that's the player that we bought. That's the player that was valued at ten million pounds before he came here. And it's just a damn shame that he's looking as if he's going to struggle with injuries. No, I think we're lucky in the fact that it's not going to be a long-term number this time. But you just don't have much hope. He's only been here like a season and a half and it's it's not looking great so far. But he's, he's, he's a very, very good footballer. He's so capable of going either way. He can stay out and do the Barisic job or he can cut inside, take people on, have a dig. And he provides something that I think we're missing. You know, we're talking about Ryan Kent, right? I'm Ryan Kent's number one fan, was my favourite player under the Steven Gerrard era. We miss somebody like that, somebody that just takes three players at the game from absolutely nowhere. There's hardly anybody. Rabi does it from time to time, but he's only got pace to do it. So if the pace doesn't work, he's not got the skill set to get past a man. Yilmaz does, and you've seen yesterday what that can do. Lammers as well, I thought he was much more direct at dribbling past players and it opens up so much more space in the pitch because I think too many players in Rangers right now just want to pass, pass, pass and it doesn't work if that's just everybody in the 11. So, on Yilmaz, if he stays fit, we're looking at a very, very good sale or a, a very, very good player to keep. Yep, Connor, good point here from Jimmy Duff because... The way I'm taking it, you can't spell Yilmaz who he's put in the way. Uh, it's mm. not in the European squad. He has to play tomorrow and keep Borna for midweek. Now, that's exactly my thinking because I, I don't recall in the manager's press conference today and I've only watched it once. I don't think there was any mention of an injury. So I assume it was the cramp that he thought it was and not, not Lawrence's cramp from the week before when he ends up out for three weeks. So I see, I agree with I agree with Jimmy. I think Redvan has to start tomorrow. Yeah, listen. If it's you know, if it's nothing serious and it's just been that touch of cramp and he's he's fine there, and there's no reason not to play him because uh, that's the balance we've got to strike. Uh, and I always assumed that the, that was part of the reason he wasn't in the European squad. Um, obviously, one because of injuries, but uh, you know, because and um, uh, keeping him fresh for the domestic stuff and letting Bournemouth play in Europe. So that's where I'd go with. I would have no problem with that um, because I think. I mean, listen, Borna Barisic come on and, and played a, a sublime pass, actually. A really good pass for for the uh, was it the third or fourth goal. So, I mean, we know the qualities he's got. Um, but I'd be playing Elmas tomorrow without question. As long as he's fit and ready to go, you know, you play him. Because um, cramp's cramp. Anybody can get cramp. You know, usually, um, unless, as you say, it's like Tom Lawrence's version of cramp, then usually that's within... A couple of hours, you should be fine. So, I no, I'd get him on the parking and hopefully he can do an amazing run again. Because you know, I know somebody said Gazes there, but see, because he's a defender, do you know what reminded me of Stevie Whitaker when he made the run against Sport in Lisbon and put it in because he's picked it up similarly in his own half, ran about 60 70 yards just right through of it. And at that point in the game as well, it needed that because we were just kind of passing it around them and. We had a couple of wee half chances, but it was all in front of Livy for a while. So somebody just grabbing it and going, do you know what, okay, I'm just going to go and have a run at these. Uh, it was just superb goal. Yeah, I mean, you talked about Stevie Whitaker. I remember that 2008 in Lisbon. I mean, the, the game was done. Well, when I go up, we were through anyway. And it was right in the last minute. And I, I was lucky enough to be there. And I think the whole Rangers were shouting, pass it, pass it, pass it. Oh, God, because it was a great goal. It was a brief... For, 
for the youngsters like Lewis, if you've not seen that, go back and look at it. Sport and Lisbon Rangers 2008. Uh, Stephen Whitaker. I mean, I'm not not a big fan of Mr. Whitaker for the way he left the club, but that goal was just something else. And I never even thought about that. But you're probably you're probably right, Luke, uh, Connor. That's possibly what it reminds you of. Um, in a in a sort of way, I suppose. Um, Sean is asking the wee question here, which we'll, we'll throw these in since we don't have the phone lines because apparently the gaffer's not the gaffer's injured. I'm not quite sure what the injury is to stop some answering phones, but anyway. Um, what do we make a Sterling coming on Lewis at right back and pushing Tab into the right side midfield? That's a now that's a couple of times he's done that recently. Do you think that's something we might venture to do a bit more often? Um, well, to answer your actual question, I think it, it, we will see it. At, at some point, because Michael Beale, I think, came out in the presser after that game saying that, you know, he really rates Dujon Sterling quite highly, and it's a shame that a player like him is just behind James Tavernier, Tav- Tav- so it's, it's difficult for him to get game time, and that's the only the only route. But in terms of it being a system that we rely on, I, I don't think it's uh, will be viable for this team. You know, I've seen a lot of people make that argument that putting Tav right wing, People need to understand that the success that Tavernier has is because his starting position is from right back and there's somebody in front of him. He wouldn't have the same success. He's not got a winger's mindset to go and beat a man or play like, you know, a, a small incisive pass. He's about getting past a man and putting a cross in or getting into goal scoring positions and he wouldn't be able to do that from the right wing. So that is not a system that we need to think about as a viable option going forward in the long term but in the short term in games like that to give Dujon some game time it, it wouldn't bother me yeah right Connor go back uh, still on the, on the Livy game from that when he made when, when he brought on Sterling in that triple substitution uh, you probably noticed my slight ire in the row in front of you at the time because Bailey Rice was still sat on the bench I don't, I don't get the point of the manager bringing up Bailey Rice <coughs> and not bringing him on even for five minutes when the game's done no, I totally agree. Totally agree. I, I thought the same thing myself. Um, you know, in a game like that, why not? You know, if you if you're bigging this player up as Michael Beale's been doing, and you're telling us that you've got trust in him and faith in him, and you know, he, he used all the buzzwords saying that you know the young players will get the chance and they've got to earn the shot, and they're not just going to be giving it. That's great, but you've got to give them the chance to do it. And you're four now up with five minutes to go against Livingston. Just give him the run it. Uh, you know, he brought him on. We had a lot longer to go against Motherwell when we were only one nil up, and that game was very much still hanging uh, by a thread. And he was more than happy to do it then. So I don't know why he didn't on Wednesday, um, because it seemed to me when he was making the changes, um, I think Connor's just. I think Connor's just frozen near that. He's having a very, very long think. So, Lewis, what do you what do you think of it? About Bailey Rice not getting it even five minutes more, three nothing up. You know what I mean? It's it mystified me. It absolutely mystified me. See, when I seen the substitutions, Wolf, I was I was absolutely fuming. I, I I totally agree with you. I think it's so pointless, and it must fuck with the young boy's head. You know what I mean? He's sixteen. He's thinking he's going to get opportunities. The manager's name dropped him, and apparently for absolutely no reason. You're not even going to worth three nil up at the time, two nil up maybe, and it's against Livingston who are just nowhere near us in the game. And you bring on, I think it was John Suter, Barisic, and Sterling maybe or Dessers. It doesn't make any sense. Why? Why big the boy up like that? We've heard so much about him. Is that just going to be an Alex Lowry two point oh, where he just barely gets any opportunities? 
I just think it, it was unfair to do it to a boy of that age because even Alex Lowry, Alex Lowry was at least 18 or 19 when he, his name started getting mentioned. Bailey Rice is three years that junior. So we need to be careful because he's a very, very young boy and you don't want to mess with his mentality before he's even given a real chance. Yeah, he's also a very, very talented, talented young boy. You know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I've seen, I've been lucky enough to see him a few times, and he is very, very, very talented. Um, Nicholas picks up on a, a one here. I, I was, I wasn't going to mention, but I will because it actually happened before the um, the Livingston game. So, Conor, if you're back with us, I'll come to you on the press conference before the Livingston game because obviously we've not had a podcast since before it, apart from mm-hmm. the the match reactions and stuff. And um, when they when when they wheeled out the assistant manager who doesn't look particularly comfortable in front of cam in front of a camera. And then no. you know, and then he came out with obviously Scott Scott Wright being outstanding. And then is the point here from, from Nicholas. Scott Wright's outstanding and then they don't start him. I mean did the management team actually know what they're talking about? And why why would you put Neil Banfield out when you're under serious pressure and the man's obviously not comfortable in that pos- that position? Do you know, I don't know, I really don't know the logic of it. Just, you know, we had a, a brief chat about it at half-time in the stadium and it just, it's one of the, Neil Banfield clearly is not somebody who enjoys doing these interviews and the press conferences. And that's fine, he doesn't have to because he's the assistant manager, so really that's not his job anyway. Um, unless, for some reason, you know, unless the manager's sick, injured or whatever else, you know, so I don't know why Michael Wheel didn't go out and just do it himself or even send your captain out, let James Tavernier do it, you know, because that they kind of press conferences your captain can do if, if needs be. Um, yeah, the thing with Scott Wright, I think you've got to remember this is a guy who, yes, I thought he'd done well. Um, okay, round two name something that's not boring. A laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But at the same time, Without injuries, he's no somebody who would really be in the manager's thinking to be getting regular game time. I think he's one of the players that possibly come January, Michael Beale will be looking to get shipped out. Um, I was surprised he didn't go in the summer. Right? And look, I don't... There's a lot of people who are mixed opinions on Scott Wright. Um, I don't dislike him. I think he, he's got all the makings of a good player. I just don't think he's been at the level that you've got to get to consistently to be a Rangers player um, and maybe come January he'll go out and loan or something get game time I hope he does because he's still a young player and I hate to see young players especially you know players like Scott Wright who've got a bit of talent um, and who are obviously for you know, this neck of the woods I like to see them getting their their opportunities and if we, we're not going to provide them I would send them in loan because once Cantwell and Dow and Lawrence and all these other players come back He's, he's way, way down the pecking list again. Although it wouldn't surprise me, the way this management team works, he'll probably start the morning now that I've said all that. Because it just, you you literally can't pick that Rangers team for one week to another, apart from the defence. Yeah, Lewis, I don't think he'll start tomorrow, but there's a fair chance he might start on Thursday, in, or feature on Thursday in Cyprus because of this, you know, this um, homegrown rule, which I think is the only reason he's even still at the club. 
I, with Scott, right, you know, he's not actually as young as you think, Connor. He, he's 25 now, Scott, right? I think he might even be turning 26 in the next few months. So he's at the wrong side of 23 for me. And I do agree with you in the point that I think he's got quite a lot of raw natural ability. Like we were just talking about people that are, that are good at dribbling with the football. He's very, very good at dribbling a football. And at the tail end of that Europa League run to the final, Scott Wright was actually one of our you know, impactful players off the bench. He assisted against Leipzig and he took people on. He takes people at the game. But as soon as it comes to any end product, he's just not got it. And like I said, he's at the wrong end at 23. If he was under 23 years of age, you would be saying the same things that we're saying about Sima and Matondo, for example. We need to remember they're young boys. Scott Wright isn't exactly a young boy anymore and he's no showed enough at Rangers. And whilst I think he is a decent footballer, he's never going to be more than like an emergency backup. And like Will said, it's just here for the Scottish quota. Yeah, I think so. But we'll, we'll talk about the European game maybe a bit later on if we've got time. If not, we'll certainly touch on it on Monday when hopefully we're well on the phone and back when the, when the gaffer's injury sorted out. Or or if the rumours to be believed, he is, he's not out with Robert on Monday night, but he is tonight. So, um, so anyway, that's enough of that. That's enough of the game on Wednesday because we've covered that in quite good depth. So... Connor, Castor being Castor. Nice wee, nice wee email drops yesterday. New kit launch this morning. I know mm. a couple of the guys um, from the podcast will be all over it like a cheap suit because they're, you know, they're some of these kit collectors, which for me is one of the reasons Castor will get away with producing all these kits because there's so many guys that want to have every single kit. You know, I mean, there's most, most clubs have got a couple of guys that will buy anything and everything. But we, as a club, because of the size of a supporter base, have got probably dozens, if not hundreds, of these guys who will just go out straight away. I mean, Maroon Craig was on hoping to get hoping to get it this morning before uh, he had to start his work, despite the fact that he started work at the time it was released. I don't see the Russian having to get it, but that's what these guys want to do. That's fine. Do we really need a fourth kit? I, I mean, I quite like the look of the kit, but no, we don't need a fourth kit. We don't. Uh, you know, I've never been a fan of fourth kits. I get why you have the need for a third kit. That makes sense because, you know, you're potentially going to come up against a team who happens to have a colour code with your, your first two kits. And I think there's some sort of quota that you need to wear the, the third kit at least a couple of times a season. Um, so that's fine. I don't mind that. But a fourth kit just seems to be uh, taken taking the piss a wee bit for me because why do you need a fourth kit you'll know when when are we going to wear that kit do you know what i mean like you're not going to well you know probably i we might wear it next oh, we've already said we're we'll wearing we'll wear it in limousine all right going so that's when we're going to wear it but i dare say it will go back into cold storage for a few months after then um it's i don't know what it was like you know when you were younger wolf but i'm pretty sure you maybe had two kits at most back then. Um, so, and they've added the third kit as more recently things. As I say, I like the kit. I think it's a nice kit um, with the, the, the red and the blue. That's fine. Um, but it, it just, it's it's overkill to me. Um, but people might buy it. Crack on. Um, but and that's the thing. That's cool. the thing though, Connor. People, people will buy it. As I say, we've got all the... Or the or the uh, the kit the, the uh, kit collectors, uh, RFC seventy two. I don't 
I don't think if Rangers said to Castor they wanted four, but I'm sure Castor said the Rangers were doing you four every season and that's the contract. Because I know that is the contract that's signed, that it is for four kits a season. I don't know whether Rangers said mm. to Castor or Castor said to Rangers or they just decided that's what they were doing. But that's, that it is going to be four kits every year we're on this Castor deal. Um, but to, Connor, to give you a bit of a history lesson, what used to happen in my day, or back in the day during the war and all that, um, we got... I kit, it was as I was growing up, kits started becoming a thing that, that got changed. I mean, when I first started watching Rangers, it was basically the same kit all the time, and very few people had them because there wasn't really a market for replica kits. And then as the 70s turned into the 80s, kits became more of a thing that, that you would buy. You would get them all, you'd get the kit in a box, it would come in a little box. You'd have the whole lot, the top, the shorts, the socks, all in this little lovely representation box. And the strips normally lasted about three seasons. And then they started lasting two seasons. But in the second, at the start of the second season, the away kit would change. Hmm. So you did the home kit for two years, and then the away kit would be in year two, and then the first year of the new one, if that makes sense. It was only fairly recently, really, that kits have started changing every year, and they brought in third kits and fourth kits. And if you're unfortunate enough to follow an Italian club, I believe Napoli last year had 12 or 13 kits, which is, which is bonkers. Which is absolutely, absolutely bonkers. You know, I mean, Lewis. I'm just hoping that this new th- this new fourth kit of ours isn't isn't branded a one-off special kit because we don't do very well on them. No, but I think on the Rangers Instagram page they've already stated that it will be used in um, multiple selected fixtures. So, um, hopefully, it won't be like the are you think the the white Sitmarin Cup lost number that that was right. uh, first one that yeah. comes to mind. But in terms of the top, I think it's lovely. And to be honest with you, I'm a bit of a mug. I, I had probably buy about ten to fifteen uh, different football tops a year. I, I do like every football top, and it's something that's just coming into modern football now. You see, all the bigger teams that they're bringing out bloody a, a, a thirty-seven year anniversary kit or something. Do you know what I mean? Is any excuse to get a kit out? Um, but I think it's lovely personally, so I'm not complaining. Yeah, the thing you though, see that kit though, just quickly when you're saying obviously they're going to wear it. So, so which of the other two kits is then going to fall by the wayside? Because presumably one of them is going to have to take a hit and they're not getting worn much. And I quite like, I personally, I actually prefer the third kit to the new one we've just released. I actually think that's that's a nice kit, it's got a real classic feel to it, the third kit, which I quite like. So is that the one that they're going to sacrifice? Because I don't see them sacrificing away. It'll be the third one because you look at the you've got obviously the, the blue. We need to keep that as a home kit, and then you have the white away kit. So the third kit needs to be a different color for the two. So it will be the the orange one. Unfortunately, I agree with you, mate. I think that's the nicest one they brought out this year. But I think that will get sacrificed for the the new one. Yeah, I think it probably will. Um, but I was going to say something quite prophetic, and it's completely slipped my mind. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, it's this early kick off. Hold on, yeah, lost that there. There we go. Early kick off. We we are new kit. <laughs> what could go wrong? I very good. Okay, yeah. I so um, so that's the new kit. So I personally, that's what I was going to say. I actually personally quite like it. I prefer it without a sponsor, but then I prefer all kits without a sponsor. Because then that new one, particularly without a sponsor, would be good because it's not evidently a football shirt. Although it is a football shirt, but you know what I mean? If you get it without a sponsor, it would be brilliant. But that defeats the point of having a shirt sponsor, I suppose. So um, 
It is, it is what it is. I won't be buying it because I'm one of these people, unlike Lewis, who seems to live in football tops, and that's fine. Um, I only wear replica tops to games. And I know I go to quite a lot of games, but I can't really justify buying it because I've got the home top and I've got the third top. I can't really justify buying another top. Although I do like the I do like the second kit, and I, and I quite like this new kit as well. Without seeing it in the flesh, which I will hopefully see tomorrow because I'll be popping it in the superstore or whatever. But um, but yeah, it's it's parents. I feel sorry for Connor because the kids with peer pressure they'll want every single kit. You know what I mean? And mm. go back to when I was a boy, kits were kits were relatively cheap, even compared to the cost of living in those days. These days, kits are ridiculously expensive. So, you know, parents are getting asked to, to shell out a fortune. And then out of nowhere, a fourth kit appears. It's not like they said last week, fourth kit will be here in a couple of weeks. They said on Thursday it'll be here tomorrow morning. Hmm. Well, people forget that, don't they? Because the thing is, you know, the, the, the price you pay, like the top itself, just for the top, you're talking about 60, 70 quid. Um, even if it's at kids' prices, they're slightly less, but it's still about £50. That's just the top. If you wanted to actually buy the full shebang, the full kit and caboodle, the shorts, the socks, you're the best part of £100. <laughs> you know, and you, you can't afford, you, you, most people can't afford to do that. Um, listen, if people can, more power to them, as I say. Um, if I could afford to buy that, um, I, I would. But, you know, I've already got, you know, I've got the home kit. Um, on its way to me because I've only just recently ordered that um, and I might buy the third kit but that I think would stretch it about as far as I can I can push it really um, because at the end of the day you, you know I, you can't have to justify that, that amount of money um, which by the way I, that's across the board that's not just Rangers I think football kits in general are disgracefully high prices um, it's just a top why should it cost you you know almost a day's wage in, in some jobs, you know what I mean? But, you know, hey-ho, that's, that's the world we live in. The... Yeah, indeed it is. I mean, it's... it's My my, my daughter made, made a point when the trips came out, she says, I like that, but I'm not, I'm not going to buy it till Christmas because it'll be half price because Castor rattle the stuff down very, very, you know, very, very cheaply. But there is... It, it is, the, it is the, the, the parents I feel sorry for because kids want the top and they want it now. You know what I mean? Because Johnny did the streets got it, and Jimmy up the road's got that one, and we all need to have them all. And well, that's just a that's just a marketing thing. And if people buy them, then fair play to them, as you say. If people can afford to buy them, fill your boots. I'm not saying anybody don't buy it. It's like when they get released, it, it really grinds my gears. You go onto social media, folks say that's horrible. Oh, I like that. It doesn't. What you think is what you think. If you don't like it, don't buy it. If you like it, buy it. If you like it, don't want mm. it, don't buy it. You know what I mean? It just it, it just I don't it just grinds my gears. Anyway, Lewis. Scottish League Cup semi-final that we qualified for on Wednesday. Are you at all surprised that we're on the Sunday after the pitch gets ploughed up on the Saturday? No, because it's been a common theme um, the last few times and that. So I think last year the, or maybe the year before the pitch was in an atrocious state. I mean, I've I played in high school pitches that were were kept better than Hamden. Um, but no, it's not a surprise. In terms of the game itself, I actually think we probably had the best draw. I think Hearts is probably the team out of the three that I would have preferred the most to play. Um, I don't know about you, but Hearts just seem to... It's like Aberdeen up their game. Hearts seem to lower their game, especially in the last two or three seasons. I just think they're an easier opposition. And obviously Hibs and Aberdeen have recent previous success over us in cup competitions. So I'm actually quite happy we got Hearts. 
Connor, are you? I'll ask you the same question. Did, did the did the Sunday, the release of the Sunday fixture date, come as any shock to you, given that the, the other games on the Saturday? I mean, somebody sent me a message yesterday that they were thinking back on it, and he believes that the last time we had a Saturday semi final in this sort of scenario was in twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Okay, we've not been in all the semi finals in the in the interim period, but still, come on. No, nah, listen, I'm not the slightest bit surprised. Um, I think it, it just seems to be the way of it, really, in, in recent times. Personally, I can't really understand what the, the logic behind it is because with the greatest respect in the world to, to Hibs and, and, and Aberdeen, you know, they are the, the lesser game because clearly we're the favourites to win it. Um, you would think you would put what is your, your headline team on on the Saturday in that prime slot that Hearts and Hibs are going to get. But obviously, we all have to go there on the Sunday after they've, you know, ripped it apart um, and then see what's left, you know, and pick up the pieces. But look, it's always a great occasion, these these things, no matter what day it's on. But I just think you're, you're taking away... I, I get you kind of get a Saturday all the time, but to do us like that constantly on a Sunday... Some people can't go to that game on a Sunday or you're then potentially, you know, if you're talking extra time, penalties, That I hope that doesn't happen, by the way, but it's just, it's a possibility. It's all the longer and people using, even public transport is shocking on a Sunday. So I do think it's a bit ridiculous when, because I can guarantee you right now, if there should be another foot and we had gone out to Kilmarnock, what day do you think Celtic would have been playing on? They'd have been playing on the Saturday, without a shadow of a doubt. So we should be afforded the same courtesy, given that they're out and we're now the, the favourites. Yeah, I mean, to turn that a wee bit on its head, Lewis, I mean, yeah, OK, as Connor says, if it goes to extra time and penalties, which, God forbid, it doesn't, you know, you're, a, you're, you're late home on a Sunday night. But what happens if the other game goes to extra time and penalties? And there's more chance of that, because they're probably more evenly matched teams. So they're, what, quarter past five on a Saturday night, extra time penalties, they're still in there at eight o'clock. We're back, we're on that pitch at three o'clock the following afternoon. You know what I mean? It just takes about a bad weather, as happened two years ago, as you referenced. And the thing's like an absolute ploughed field. I mean, for me, it, it, it can't be too difficult to look at it and say, right, okay, last year, Rangers and Celtic were both in the semi finals. One got to Saturday, one got to Sunday. So if they make it this year, we'll reverse those. So whoever got the Saturday gets to Sunday. And if one of them goes out, we'll still reverse it, you know, so that in this case, Rangers will get the Saturday, not the Sunday. You know, but it's to me, it's 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 absolutely farcical. I mean, do they not want the best footballing team in Scotland to be able to play the best football on an actual decent surface? You know, the logistics just don't work out, do they? I mean, you've already pointed it out, so I won't, you know, sound like a, a broken record here. But I, it's it's definitely it's a joke. Uh, you'd think. Like you said, last year we played, or whenever it was the last time we were in it, we played on the Sunday, so we deserved the Saturday. Whether Celtic make it to this point or no, Rangers should still be deserving of that place. But are you surprised? I mean, I've seen the comments. Scotland is the only league in Europe, or one of the only leagues in Europe, to not have a single game televised over the weekend. It's the same people that agree to a bullshit deal like that, that just decimates our, our football. And it's the same people, it's the same people that agree on that and that sign on from that stupid, stupid deal that think, you know, we'll play the best team on the, the worst day. It just doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah, I mean, Connor, that TV point that we put up in the comment there, I, I just assumed when I saw the kickoff times that Motherwell Celtic was on Sky. But apparently it's only moved so Motherwell can use one of their pay-per-view slots. Because obviously they can't show it in the afternoon because they're not allowed to because there is daft three o'clock blackout. So, as, as Lewis says, the only major major European league, and my class is a major league because we're in the top, what, 15 or 20 in the in the European thing, European standards, that doesn't have any live football on, on, on Saturday or over the weekend at all, which means that nobody can watch it live. You know, I mean, you, you'll get you'll get fans of Scottish football sitting in the house tomorrow going, what am I going to watch? Tell Rangers come on at three o'clock because I can't go to the game. And they stick on the Eredivision if they, if they find it, or they put on the Premiership, or they'll stick on Spanish football or Italian football. Mm-hmm. Or French, you kind of get the Italians, the French and the Spanish going, I wonder what games are in Scotland because there isn't one. No, you can't. It's, it's a joke. Um, the... the it, uh... First and foremost, I think partially you've got to try and, if we're not going to get better telly deal, then at the very least, if you get rid of the three o'clock blackout, then that will allow, that would have allowed for presumably the Motherwell Celtic game because that's usually whichever side of the old firm tends to be away from home, that's the game they tend to, to televise. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the whole thing's a joke. I mean, I was reading, I think, last night that the Premier League are looking to get even more money for the rights that they've got because their tender comes up uh, towards the end of this year. So that's no far off, and they'll get offered billions for that, I'm sure. Um, you know, whether that's through TNT or, you know, Sky Sports again. And I just think it's it's people who, you know, like us, see when you're paying the amount of money that you get charged for these channels, um, whether it be Sky, or TNT or, or any of them, to not have a single game broadcast is disgraceful. In order to watch the Rangers game tomorrow, I'm going to have to pay the nine ninety nine for the pay per view in order to watch um, the Aberdeen game if it's on that. Um, I assume it is because usually they are. But, well, I top, but, on to, but on top of your nine ninety nine Rangers, sorry, Connor, on top of your nine ninety nine Rangers TV, you've also got the price of your flights to the continent so that you're actually in Europe to watch it in the first place. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Because you can't watch it in the UK, so you'll obviously have to go on a wee holiday because yeah. you couldn't possibly make use of a VPN or anything like that. That wouldn't be that wouldn't be good. That wouldn't be good. No, but it, it's things like that. It just it makes me irate because you know they keep going on about you know all oh, shut down all these illegal streaming sites and that. And fine, great if you're going to do that. But there's a reason why people have a fire stick or a dodgy box. It's because you're not showing the games, so they've got to find it elsewhere. Whether it's on, you know, a steam feed landed at the club's television channels, um, but again, you know, Lewis mentioned it earlier, it's the clowns we've got running our game in this country, um, and it goes all the way back to when the first deal got negotiated that we blew. Um, what we should be doing, really, I think, because they do it in the Premier League, why can we not negotiate with one of the streaming services like Amazon or Netflix or something as well? You know, every year at Christmas. Uh, if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, you get ev- ev- literally every Premier League game. Um, you get your pick of, pick of the bunch. 
Kawino Day, something like that, once a year, even if it is a Christmas thing or whatever, um, just to make it better and to reward the fans who are loyally paying their hard-earned money to watch games of football and we all do respect the soccer Saturday, which I enjoy. I don't want to watch that every Saturday. I'd rather watch the game. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it's it, it's, it's. I mean, somebody made a comment: of why can we not have games on Friday nights and different different times? It's all about the TV time slots, you know. And Sky have got their slots, and BT, uh, TNT have got their slots, and Viaplay have got their slots, which is why you can only get the ones they've got. But I mean, they, I mean, the whole thing with the, with the TV deal, I fully believe that the reason that that it was signed off in a hurry is because the, because the clubs basically thought, well, if we don't sign it now, Sky might, might pull the deal in three or four years' time because there were still three years of the current deal that we're on now running when they signed the deal that runs out in 2029. And when the time 2029 comes, you won't be watching it on Sky and, T- and TNT. As you say, you'll be watching it on Amazon and Disney and all these other things that are coming to the fore now. And then they'll come in to do the new deal, Lewis, and they'll come in and they'll say, well, what's your, what's your, current, what's your current deal? Right? Your current deal's whatever it is, three three bob and a, and a, a poke of sweeties a game. Well, that's that's our starting point, so we'll maybe just go up a little bit from that rather than, than the Premiership starting point, which is going to be several million pounds again. It's it's a really, really complex thing, the, the TV deal situation, because you, you can half understand why it would be difficult for the guys at the top to advertise Scottish football, because by the, the old firm, it is very, very poor. And it's Rangers and Celtic that put the rest of Scotland on the map. Unfortunately, that's just the way it goes now financially. So you would think that they would do everything in their power to do something like what Connor mentioned, where you contact places like Amazon and Disney, Disney Plus, and you say, listen, see for a seasonal deal, do you want to just try and show the SPL for a month? Even if it's just for a few million, it gives exposure to the game. Because that, that's all. That's what we need. You're advertising the best fixture in terms of atmosphere and history and world football. You think it would it would yell more than that pitiful deal that we're on? I mean, see the the comparison with the Eredivisie that they make like triple in a year what that full entire deal is for Scottish football is disgusting because it's only Ajax that are that are higher in the echelon of football than Rangers and Celtic. So there's no reason why we should be accepting a like a, a tenth of the, the money that they get because their league isn't much better either. But it's about having the people with intelligence at the top that know what they're doing and that care because they don't care and they don't have the brains to do it either because they would be doing every external opportunity they can to promote the game and they do absolutely nothing. They just accept the bare minimum and that's why Scottish football is going to start falling by the wayside even worse than it is just now. Mm-hmm. No, the thing is, right. these are the same people, by the way, just to point out the absolute absurdity of these people. Whatever anybody thinks or thought of Douglas Park, these are the same people who were asking this guy to advertise one of his major competitors in Cinch because that was the deal they got. And then try to have a go when he said, well, I'm not going to do that. That's clearly ludicrous. You know, if you've got a club and it just so happens a major shareholder you know, or the majority of shareholders was at the time and one of those clubs owns as, as part of his portfolio um, a car dealership business, you can't ask him to then advertise the the opposition, as it were, because that would be like us advertising Celtic TV at Ibrox. You're not going to do it, are you? That's just stupid. So that's the kind of, you know, people you've got running the game. Um, and even something like that, it was desperate stuff because we went a couple of seasons with no sponsorship, which 
to a previous comment about you know having their own SPL TV thing, which was previously proposed, that would be one of your biggest problems with it. Because in order to fund that, we'd need to get major sponsorship back. And I don't think since the days it was Bank of Scotland, Clydesdale, Ladbrokes, you know, we've not had anything since those days. And that's gone on for the last, what, seven or eight years now. So I just wouldn't trust the people in charge of your game to run that properly. Yeah, and just to, just to close off the TV, but the other thing that gets me, and it's not at all Rangers, it's not even top flight related, you get games, I mean, somebody put a comment earlier that the Cove Rangers game's on BBC Alwa tomorrow. I had no idea because they don't advertise it. I mean, there's games on BBC Scotland and on the website and on, on BBC Alba that you probably watch. I mean, my, my girlfriend will sit and watch any Scottish football match rather than any other game, unless it's her team that's playing. Because she likes watching Scottish football. I don't understand it, but that's what she does. And the other people like her, right? But you've got to know these games are getting screened. They're not even advertising them. You know what I mean? It's, it, I mean, I mean, I live Cove Rangers ground four miles from where I'm sitting. Right? And I know Cove Rangers fans, and I've no, no idea it's on the term. So the whole TV thing for Scottish football is an absolute joke. But we'll move off of that because we could be sitting here all night talking about that. So uh, tomorrow, Connor, uh, Rangers play Aberdeen, the most one-sided rivalry in the history of one-sided rivalries because they think we're a rival and we don't actually give a monkey's about them. So mm. what, do you, what do you think tomorrow? Um, first of all, obviously it's a must-win game because every game for us is. Aberdeen have come into a little bit of form. Well, the Peter Ross County twice. If that's a little bit of form, then they've come into a little bit of form. If you believe the believe the media up here, Aberdeen are absolutely flying. So what's going to happen tomorrow? Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't quite believe the media up there because uh, you know I, I think they've had a couple of good results, Aberdeen, but I wouldn't say they're flying. I mean, being lose to the Scottish Football Show, so well, actually, they talk about Aberdeen um, quite a bit. Well, it'll be. I expect it to be a, a tight game. I think they'll do what they always do when they come to Ibrox. They'll step up their game. You know, they'll play somewhere towards their best because, as you say, the rivalry is as such. We don't really care about them. They see us as a rival. And because we don't care, that gets them up for it even more because they think somehow, oh, it's great to put one over in Rangers because um, we all know they can't be bothered lifting a leg against the other side. Um, but reality is, they'll sit and they'll make it tough. I would be concerned about Miofsky and Duke because that's probably their biggest threats. Um, I'm listening if it's Davies and Golson playing again tomorrow, which I assume it should be. Um, they should be able to deal with that. But we've just got to go out and... I th- nope, Connor's gone again. Lewis, over to you. Um, mid- midfield's critical tomorrow. Listen, midfield's always critical, Wolf, especially for Rangers. I think that's um, a part of the squad that, that we've started to drift away from in terms of it being the best the best section. It was always the, the strongest part of our, our team was our midfield. And whilst we have some good names in there, the consistency and the level of performance is not there. Um, you know, I'm never confident going into an Aberdeen game. I think they are gash, and I think we're a far superior football team. But it's their their cup final every single time they play Rangers. They are gashed the entire season, and when they see that royal blue kit, they turn into Barcelona. Wait, so I have no doubt that it's going to be a very challenging fixture. And 
it's a must-win game for both managers because Aberdeen have had a very, very poor start to the season. And like you said, beating Ross County twice, that doesn't save an Aberdeen manager's job. He needs to be fighting for third, no battling relegation. So it's a win-win for both. But if we play anywhere near 50%, we should be winning this game. <clears throat> Connor, you can finish your, the point you made before you, your Wi-Fi went to sleep. Sorry, that I this was <laughs> it's like I said earlier in the chat. It's just it's plain uh, funny buggers when like it's fine for the majority of the time, but in the odd couple of minutes it just decides to dip out. No, as I say, I just I think we'll be in for a tough game. But I even get an early goal. Let's make sure that we keep the momentum going. We keep the pace up because we we let it drop and get a bit flat for the rest of that first half. Um, Against Living Seven, you could have slept the rest of that first half and you'd have missed nothing because nothing happened. Um, difference is Aberdeen are a better side than Livingston and carry more of a threat. So if we do that, that's when we're going to be exposing ourselves to a bit of baller. Um, but I think we should we should win that game um, because you know Aberdeen aren't firing on all cylinders realistically, um, and I do think defensively they're, they're there to be got at if we can do it properly. I just hope. And somebody mentioned that about Dessers. I hope he steps up to the mark because we need him big time now. We don't know how long Roos going to be out for. We need Dessers to step up. We need, you know, I wouldn't be against him if it doesn't work out for Dessers. I wouldn't be against him trying some big Sam Lammers up in that centre forward role or Seema to, to try something a bit different. Um, you know, because that front line is, is going to be crucial to make sure, get a couple of goals and, and hopefully we can and oh, enjoy your weekends after that. Right, so Lewis, Connor's obviously got Dessers up front. What's your what's your team going to be for, for tomorrow? Is it going to be the same, same as same as midweek, but obviously with Dessers in for roof, or are you going to come up with something funky? Um, I think Baron Yelmaz's fit defence stays the same, Butland obviously. Um, in terms of the midfield, I'm not a fan of the three playing together um, in terms of Jack Lundstrom and Sifuentes, so I, I would maybe maybe drop one of them and bring, you know, a more offensive-minded player into the fold. Who that'll be, I don't know, but unfortunately I think Mr Dessers will need to start up front because then you're starting to get into the territory of people playing out of position and I just can't be bothered with that. So, aye, unfortunately it would be Dessers up top. Right, because um, I would say, Lewis, that Dessers up top is Dessers playing out of position because although he wears number nine, I don't think he's a centre striker. I just don't think that's what he is. However, we don't have the choice. So is, would that be your only change from Wednesday or would you do anything else? Uh, like I said, I, I would maybe take one of Jack Lundstrom or Fuentes out and bring on a, an offensive-minded player. But other than that, the team would be the exact same. Connor? Um... Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with Lewis, I think. Um, I wouldn't, other than maybe takes the Fuentes, so it wouldn't make much changes myself. Um, other than the obvious and false one, which will be Dessers. As I say, I would, I'd like, to be honest, and I might get slaughtered for this in the comments, but I would really like Michael Beale just to take the chance of putting Lammers up front in that centre-forward area because we brought him in as a striker. He played as a striker last year, and as of yet, we haven't actually, and apart from, I think, one of the pre-season games maybe against Newcastle whatever, we've not actually played him as a striker. Now, he might not do that for the start, but if he's going to bring Lammers on, which he probably won't because he'll probably start him out wide, 
then, you know, maybe, because you're at a point in time where you might need to do a bit of out-of-the-box thinking. You know, you have to look at where the options come if Dessels just can't kind of make the mark. But let's hope he does. Um, because for all that time, Michael Beale spent scouting him, he must, surely, he must have something about him. Otherwise, why did they bring him in the club? Yeah, God, I, I, I like big Sam Lammers. I think there's definitely a player in there, but for me, he's not a central striker. From what I've seen him, he's not a... He's, but having said that, Lammers isn't a central striker, but I would say he's more of a mm-hmm. more of a striker than than, uh, than Lammers is. Uh, actually, uh, than, 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 uh, than Lammers is. I actually feel, I actually feel a wee bit... Um, feel, feel a wee bit, wee bit sorry for, for Dessers after Wednesday, because that... As we said earlier, that, that goal that the defender put in his own net, that was heading straight for him. We said that before we come on here, that, you know, he needs a goal and he had a, he had a tap-in coming his way to the defender and decided to stick it in the back of the net, you know. Or, we hope he had a tap-in because there is, I've seen one or two questions of, well, would he have scored that? You know what I mean? I mean, that would have been up there with Peter Van Vossen if he'd missed it. But he needs something like that, you know, and they do seem desperate to try and get him a goal. But um, tomorrow, I think that's probably what we're going to have to do. So... Right, Connor, before we go, give us a wee score prediction for tomorrow. Hey, I'm going to go 2-0 to Rangers. Um, and I'll say Sima to get the, a goal again. Okay, Lewis? I'm going to go 3-1 to Rangers. And do you know what, man? Dessel's first goal scorer. Okay, there's a, a, a wee three nothing in there. Uh, Seema before Dessers every day of the week. I feel really, I feel really sorry for Dessers because I think, I think there is, there is a bit of a player there, but I'm just not, not quite sure. Um, is he trying too hard? That's one of those things. Who knows? Um, I suppose before we go, I think we'll play the same team as Wednesday with obviously Dessers coming in for roof because there's not really a lot else we can do. I'd love to see Bailey Rice starting in midfield, but that's not the game for him. I don't think against uh, Aberdeen and their hammer throws. I've got a feeling that they might revert the type and try and miss the midfield out. Because I noticed they did that earlier in the season. They threw a lot of high balls over the top. But apparently they played quite well in Frankfurt. I didn't see the game um, when they actually played a bit of football. Um, and I think they did the same in, against Ross County last weekend. So it should be an interesting game. Um, as well, you know, I know. Actually, for you, well, just on that there, I'm thinking, thinking of, of forwards, given the injuries we've got, could we see maybe Zach Lovelace getting a wee uh, opportunity? Nah, no, ch- no chance he's starting. He's only he's only seventeen. There's no way he's starting. He's starting, but do you think there's he'd maybe bring him on off the bench if he needed to change it? If he's not bringing Bailey Rice on at three and a half up with five minutes to go against Livingston, there's no way he's bringing Zach Lovelace on against Aberdeen unless we're about four up. Yeah. And much as I'd like us to be four up, I can see us beating Aberdeen two nothing. First goal scorer, Connor Goldson from a corner. Because one of these days, McConnor Goldson from McConnor, first goal scorer, is going to come in. Um, we go up the road happy. The 700 molesters in the corner go home a wee bit annoyed. And that really, really cheers me up no end. So that's about all I've got for you tonight, guys. I think before we go, though, I have to say that I was fortunate enough to have a bit of hospitality for the game last weekend. I was in the member suite. And... This is gonna. This is gonna sound. This is this is gonna sound worse than it actually was. I got an old gentleman spoke to me in the toilet, and said, "Wolf, how are you? I see you on my iPad." And I went, "Okay, that's fine." My wife thinks you're great, and I'm thinking, "Well, your wife must, must be fucking must be mental." And his wife was actually outside in the corridor. So 
Her name's Ruby. Ruby, good evening. It was lovely to meet you. I didn't get her husband's name, but it was lovely to meet Mr. Ruby as well. Um, things like that always freak me out, whether it's in toilets and corridors outside football stadiums. Uh, completely freaks me out when people say, what's your name? Because to me, I'm just sitting talking to two guys about Rangers. You know what I mean? It's just ridiculous. You know what I mean? Um, the one, actually, you guys won't be aware of it before we, before we go. There was one last season. Right? Now, I don't often get the Supporters Club bust in a game. Right, but I got the supporters club bus to a game, one game last season from Aberdeen. So I'm standing in the middle of Aberdeen and there's a, and there's a bus stop beside where the bus picks us up, like a, a normal kind of local bus stop. And there's a woman, there's, a, there's an old woman there at the bus stop with a couple of shopping bags. And she walks up and she's sorry to interrupt you, but are you the guy you offer that podcast? And I went, Why? She said, I watch it all the time. And I'm thinking, well, she must be coming to the football or whatever, right? And then she jumped on a local bus and headed for Northfield. This woman must have been in her 70s. You know what I mean? With with the with the old the old permed hair and the fucking grey the grey teeth in Aberdeen watching the Rangers podcast. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what? What is this? You know what I mean? I've just it just things like I mean I don't know if you you well Lewis never goes out of the house so he'll not get that. You know he's he's too busy tidying the bedroom that somebody said is the tidiest bedroom in the world. Um, but you know what I mean? It just it, it freaks out when people say. Uh, my cottage is a very good day, but I mean, don't don't be shy, guys. If you do ever see us about, come and say hello. Don't expect me to remember who you are because I will forget. But it's uh, that's an age thing. But yeah, it's a bit, it is a wee bit freaky. <laughs> well, I can I can say that it's never happened to me yet. Um, it will. It will. I am fairly new to the pod, right enough. So we'll we'll see as time goes on. Um, but it's I, uh, you know. So long as they don't call me John Wayne Gacy or anything when they see me, because uh, you know I've been getting absolutely weathered for that in recent times in the comments, and uh, and by the gaffer as well, who seems to think I look a lot like him, which sadly enough I probably do. So I uh, just don't call me John, and we'll we'll get on just fine. So right, I think that's I think that'll that'll do us for tonight. Then so um, the rabble will be back. Tomorrow, because the game's tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, tomorrow with a, a, a pre-match and a post-match. As I always say, I've got no idea who's on these things because I know it won't be me because I'll be at the game. Uh, and then I would imagine there'll be a rabble Sundays, but I don't know. There's a phone in on Monday. I know that for a fact. As long as the, the gaffer's back from his night out with Robert. Um, and then it's the build-up for next Thursday's game in Linnesol. While we're here, boys, we might as well because I probably won't speak to you again before then. How are we going to get on in Limassol, Lewis? Um, well, we seem to play our best football in Europe, and I think that's a team that our Rangers should be trying to beat home and away if we've got any hope of um, getting at the group or maybe even winning the group. So I'm going to go uh, 3-1 again away in Cyprus. Okay, Connor. Yeah, I agree with Lewis. That is a team we should be beating home and away. I've said it before. I think we should be capable of beating any separate team. Um, and I think I think we'll we'll get the win. Um, I think uh, I'm thinking. I'm going to go ambitious with this one because I'm always quite uh, unsure. European East. I'm going to go for a four-one Rangers win. Um, a nice, lovely trip to Cyprus for you, Wolf. Without any dramas, that would be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> There'll probably be plenty of dramas, but I'm hoping none of them's inside the football stadium. But anyway, yeah, I'll go. I'll go along with that. So I'll I'll settle for any any kind of. But I'll go for 
I'll go for three and a half to Rangers, why not? So that's all from us for tonight. That's just just over an hour. Somebody said I was very punctual. I was going to finish it, but then Cyprus popped into my head. So, Lewis, thank you very much. Connor, cheers, mate. Never been in the comments. Absolutely brilliant. Hopefully we'll have the phone in back for you on Monday. Don't forget the match day stuff tomorrow. And here's the Rangers getting a very, very good win against that lot tomorrow. See you later. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.